Hey everyone, before we get into this episode of Peak 2 Early, I just want to talk to you quickly about our friends over at Articon. They are proud sponsor of the podcast, proud sponsor of this weekend's up-and-coming race, the Irish Clover 5-Miler. This is a must-have running accessory right now. If you want to run fast, you got to be rocking one of these bracelets on your wrist. They're homemade. You can get them custom-made on their website. My favorite part about it, though is they're giving back to the community where this whole idea stems from that this product comes from 10% of all proceeds from this brand go back to clean water initiatives back in Kenya. These guys are awesome. You got to check them out. Now let's get into the episode. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I got a quick overreaction alert here. Um, Matt Centroitz is done. I mean, cross him off your big boards for the Olympics. The guy's toast. He's done. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I've been on this page the whole time. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. He stinks. Pathetic performance this week. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how are you doing, bud? Apparently, I'm doing better than Mike. Mike used to be like Centro's my guy, Team USA. So I don't know what got into him. But boys, I'm riding high. Saturday night, I know we're going to get into it, but I just got to get us started here. Saturday night, we had our big party. We, we picked our teams for the Irish Clover 5-Miler. And uh, I got picked more than my fellow co-hosts here. The people believe in me. I will not let you down. I don't know what the offline picks look like, but the live picks, they love me. They know I'm going to kill it, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live up to their expectations. So I'm fired up, boys. I didn't get picked once. Can you believe this? Both of these bums got picked. I didn't get picked once. I, I'm offended. Oh, I, took I, a, I, took a, I take it personally. I, I'm, I mean, that, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm that Michael Jordan meme right now, and I took that personally. I mean, Trent, you were cheaper. So, I mean, that factors in, right? You, you had to go with the bargain. Uh, you know, people think that you might be a boomer bust situation. I'm thinking you might just be a bust situation. So, but I think the once you get under the $60 range, you know, you're a little bit cheaper. I think people find you in the bargain bin. You know, you're like the, um, the Walmart, like $3, you know, DVDs. You're meet the parents. That's what you are. No, better. You're, you're meet the Fockers. You're meet the Fockers. Okay. First off, meet the Fockers is a great movie. Meet the parents <laughs> is an even better movie. I mean, these are, these are great movies that we're talking about. So I have no shame of being in the bargain bin. You can find a lot of gems in there. Everybody loves going to Best Buy and digging through the DVDs and finding Best the Buy. Gems. Whoa. Who, the, who goes to Best Buy? <laughs> I still go to a Best Buy from time to time but the price doesn't matter the only number that people are going to remember is the number of times that you were picked how many teams you helped propel to the top of the standings and and i'll be propelling the most teams i disagree people are going to remember how you performed when you're on their team so when you completely tank all of these people's teams and they all lose they'll remember that nonsense get out of here mike don't, yeah. don't ruin my high right now. I'm riding high on the people's <laughs> belief, and you're trying to pull me down. Do either of you guys own a DVD player? I actually do own a DVD player. 
believe it or not. I do not own a DVD player. With it my doesn't. Apartment. I think it I officially like, have all the DVD plays weeded out of my life. Yeah, it it doesn't um like sit. You know, you have where you know you set like a stack of cable boxes, or you have your whatever your TiVo and your DVD. It doesn't. It's not out in the open, but it is locked away in a cabinet somewhere. For every reason, I needed a DVD player. I do have a DVD player. So on Saturday night. We had a good time. I mean, we we did our live draft for the uh, the the Irish Clover Five Mile Pick'em, um, which was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of friends on the uh, on on Zoom for the for the draft, and afterwards we hung out for the. I'm sure we're going to get into it a little bit later. Hung out for the Sound Runner invite. We did a little game for that. I had a blast. Saturday night was a was a great time. Yeah, you, you never know with these like live things we do, Steve. I think it's gotten pretty common now at this point where they go like four hours longer than they probably should. They end up going like, you know, four or five beers longer than they should. But it, it ended up perfect, right? It, we melded right from the live draft, which I thought was a lot of fun, right into like a, a short halftime where our boy Harrison told some Andrew Luck stories. And then that went right into the uh sound runner draft we did into the meet it was fun to like actually i mean that was like our first taste of like live watching meets in, in, in that kind of environment i think that's something we need to do a hell of a lot more of but having a group of people to watch the meet with to kind of make side bets with it was really really fun uh i thought my my squad might come away with a win for my sound under draft didn't didn't follow through but i had a hell of a night didn't close the laptop till steve i think you you uh called it off at like past midnight finally encouraged us to get off of there so it was it was a wild night mike you say you don't know like what those things are going to end up as i know what a peak too early <laughs> yeah. after bar or any kind of virtual event is going to end up as we're going to have a lot of fun there's going to be a lot of people in the community that come out and hang out with us and i'm not going to bed early i'm going to have too much to drink and then i'll wake up the next day and be like well i'm a little hungover right now and i didn't expect to be there right now but that's what happened uh the people came out we had a great time uh the draft was a ton of fun we got we got the element of like the pressure on you to run for yourself and, and to run well. And now you have the pressure of like how your team did, you know, owning like a fantasy team right now, something that we've never had for running and that I'm psyched about. And then leave it to peak too early within, you know, two minutes, Steve comes up with like a gambling, um, you know, a, a, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, a gambling, gambling. I think gambling, gambling game. Is that right? Yeah. I was on that I didn't know I had this talent. Like, I think within like in a short amount of time, you give me the event, you give me the amount of people that are in this, the stakes. I can come up with a gambling game pretty quickly. I'm discovering. I mean, this is a secret talent I didn't know I had. And it, and it worked out perfectly too, right? Where I think we ended up like drafting like five people each. And we almost picked every single runner in the field, which is so different than the things we've done in the past where – you're pretty much only focusing on, you know, some of the top talents. This was like, you were getting deep into these races. You were caring about who came in like eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th place in these races. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was, I love that. I love that part of like having to root for the, the afterthought guys, like guys like Spencer Brown, 800 are getting picked. Like I, you know, people got money. Yeah, I on think, that guy. I like, think he went in like the second round. <laughs> First. <laughs> I did. I did find it fitting. Got to give a shout out to, to Brandon Allen for the championship. Dude. I mean, the guy just wins everything. 
So one, one point on that, right? Obviously, Brandon Allen, anybody who's been following our peak two early road races, he's just dominating. He's undefeated in the, the Rory Series. And I was planning on picking him in my DraftKings-style uh, Irish Clover draft here. But Steve went right before me and picked him. Or sorry, Trent went right before me and picked him, which for whatever reason got in my head. Like, I didn't want to have the same team as Trent, so I completely deviated. I still think my team came out great. I'm happy about it. But it makes me nervous when this dude shows up, wins all of our races, comes and does this gambling game, wins that too. And it's like, it made me feel like if you didn't pick him, you are stupid because this guy has shown that he's done nothing but win when it comes to peak too early competitions. So we have an insanely busy weekend coming up, but it is probably going to be the one, one of the most fun weekends we've had in a while. We got a little peak too early summit coming up this weekend. We got some friends flying in, some, some of the two crew flying in to run the Irish Clover with us. So on Saturday, we're going to, you know, for, the mo- for anybody in the area, we're going to get together. We're going try to try to meet up in person and run the Irish Clover at the bar at 1130. So Adam and Ollie's at 1130. We're going to hang out. We're going to party after that Sunday at an undisclosed location because Chris Robertson is coming into town. We're going to make a world record attempt at the Chunder Mile. I mean, I'm not going to. Well, yeah, let's, let's make it clear. Yeah. Chris is making a world <laughs> We're all going to participate. <laughs> We're all going to participate, and we will have, we will have uh, video evidence of that. So there will be a video coming out on YouTube shortly after the Chunder Mile on Sunday. And then on Monday, we're taking the day off of work, right? Because we got NCAA cross-country. And – that's the original reason we started this podcast was for NCAA cross country. So we have to, you know, we have to put something together for Monday. So what we're doing on Monday for race day, we're going to do a live uh, pregame show. We're going to do it on YouTube. We're going to YouTube live. So if you're not already subscribed to us on YouTube, go subscribe. Um, so we'll send out some information on that on Instagram, on Twitter. So tune in live with us. We're going to do a pregame. I think we might even do like a halftime show in between two races. And then we'll probably do a post-game show, completely break it down. Maybe we'll have some fun. Maybe we'll get a game going. But join us on YouTube Live um, on, on Monday for before and after that race. I'm looking forward to it. So Steve, crazy I'm, busy week, guys. It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, on that the cross-country race, I was kind of saying these guys earlier, but – this, this race is kind of flying under the radar, right? Because there's so much stuff going on, especially in the early world, but in the track world, um, there's conflicts at this. There's just so much going on right now where I feel like cross-country championships is flying under the radar. Everything you need for cross-country national championships, you're going to find with Peak Too Early on our Instagram, on our YouTube page. And listen, I have not been known in the past for my ability to – come through in the clutch when it comes to setting up microphones or record. Listen, I know I've had trouble with it in the past, but I have the setup. I feel ready to go that this, these, these live shows, the pregame halftime and post show are going to be great. And we are going to have a radio, you know, radio show style where people are going to be able to call into these shows. So if you haven't taken work off yet on Monday or whatever, if you need to sneak away at work or you're working from home, whatever, figure it out because we're going to have the ability for you to call in. You're going to be able to share your thoughts on the meet post pre halfway through. You're going to be able to break this meet down with us. It's going to be awesome. So mark your schedule right, right now, your calendar, get it on it. I think the, uh, the women's race starts at one thirty, So the show will probably start around like 1231 and we're going to be going for like three or four hours in and out. So you, you, you just 
have to be there. Listen, Mike, as confident as he is, he's not going to be able to I'm, figure it out the way he no. has it designed because he can't I ever am. figure it out. I'm ready to go. I'm that ready to go this time, Trent. But every time we get together and we have a plan and Mike fails to execute the technology that he promises he can execute, we still pull it off. We, we, we pivot. We have plan B. We find a way to get the content to you. So I can't guarantee you it's going to work the way Mike has it all you know, envisioned in his head. But I can guarantee you it's going to be basically a full afternoon of the boys watching cross country. And we're going to be interacting with the community. And it's going to be the best cross country party division one championship party there is in town anywhere not even just in town it's just everywhere damn straight. damn straight i can't wait yeah so so put that on your calendar to join us it's going to be a lot of fun so craziness definitely stay tuned to the instagram this week i'm sure we have a lot of content on it's there wild. it's gonna be wild. yeah all right mike let's kick off the running news All right, so we got a lot to break down this week. We got a couple of news stories. We got some results to get into. So let's start here. What we were just talking about, so cross-country national championships. Now, this was kind of interesting, gentlemen, because I got kind of mixed feelings on this. I don't know. Did, you, did either of you guys get a, a chance to, to watch the, the Sunday selection show for, uh, for NCAA Cross? So because they didn't have the regional meets this year, it was kind of, you know, they had a system with the conference championship, but it was much more – uh, March Madness esque with this selection show, where they pretty much reveal, you know, hand picked based on some kind of algebraic equation. I don't know how they did it, but then Sunday they did a live show where they revealed the teams one by one and talked about each team. Um, I'm not going to criticize them because I love the effort. I love what they were trying to do. They were trying to like mimic what you would see in a basketball March Madness, and you just don't have the star power of the thing. I mean, March Madness is like the biggest sporting event in the country every year. So I'm not going to criticize them because I think the effort was there, and I kind of liked it. It was kind of fun. The coolest part about it was, though, right, because generally you have these regional meets, you know what you're trying to do, and you have those like live celebrations and stuff like that at the meets when you finish second or finish third at your regionals. But this, we had like the, you know, taped live videos of teams finding out during the selection show that they got selected to go to nationals, the live celebrations all together. I mean, that part was awesome for me. I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to check any of those out? Mike, I can tell you want to criticize it so bad. I'm not going to criticize it. Criticize it. I'm not going to tell no, you want to criticize it. it. No, because criticizing it is a criticism on our sport. They didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't – the effort was there. They were, tr- they were going with the playbook, the March Madness playbook. And the only problem with it is, unfortunately, it's NCAA cross country. So it just does not have the staying power. So it's nothing that they did wrong, Trent. I, I appreciate the effort, and it was fun. And these yeah. live reactions, I'm telling you. If you haven't seen them, you got to get on Instagram and find them because they're electric, right? You have the whole team waiting in the room, waiting for their name to be called. They go bonkers. It's awesome. So that part of it was great. Yeah, listen, the problem was, is it and totally out of their control, I think, I don't know, but that the fact that we didn't have the regional championships because that's what I, you know, my takeaway from thinking about the selection show was, was like, damn, I miss regionals. It's, it's an amazing sport. You have to win every kind of step of the way to get to the championship. Um, and to take away regional weekend, it, it takes a little bit, 
you know, we're, we're ready to go for nationals, but did like take a little bit of that excitement period, that lead up period in the nationals. So the selection show is the second best thing they could have done. But in reality, it just made me think, God, like it sucks that we don't have, you know, the regionals this year. Mike, I, so yes, I agree. The, the effort, like the intent was all there. Like their head was in the right spot. And like, I think from our perspective, that's like the first step, right? That's the first thing we're asking for is like, at least try to do the right things. And they're doing, they're trying to do the right things. But I feel like you're holding back on a little bit of criticism. Let's, I'm let's not going to criticize. Steve, I'm not going to criticize him. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I, I already made, the, I made that pledge. I'm not going to criticize him because like I said, I, I don't know what they could have done at this point to improve it, right? I think maybe make yeah. it a little shorter, make it, uh, you know, a little less like NCAA up where it's like all like, I don't know, I, have us do it. I mean, that would have made it electric. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly what they could have done. I'm not going to criticize it. I think it's, you know, really when you're talking about NCAA cross country, the NCAA in general, it's what you would have expected. Yeah. I feel like uh, every year when you're watching the basketball one, there's that one team they go to and there's just like some sort of technical difficulty and they're just staring at the camera (laughs) with straight face, like stone faces. Did that happen at all during the selection show? No, because they didn't, they didn't go to the, the, the videos, like the reactions all came out afterwards on Instagram. Like the, the schools are posting it. So it was very like professional. They didn't go to, it was pre-recorded and stuff like that. So yeah, there was no technical difficulties. Okay. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know where you go with that, but um, so another thing that I think is interesting to talk about with this is and we haven't really gotten into this and i'll be honest i don't like know enough about this situation on who's doing what but it's crazy right and and i get it there's not really anything you can do about it this situation but the track cross or the, or the track national championships are this week right before like two days before the cross-country national championships so i think a lot of schools had to make a decision on what they were targeting uh, I think a lot of athletes had to make a decision on, okay, am I going to run track? Am I going to run cross country? I haven't really like dove into this enough to really understand what's going on. But like, I know a school like Oregon did not make the cross country national championships. And I would assume I'm, I'm almost positive. It's because they're focusing on track, right? We know they have those stud milers uh, just ran like 350. So they, I, I think that they, could make the national championships i just think that they're deciding to focus on on track and there's not much you can do about that right because you can't say like oh let's cancel indoor or let's change the date of indoor because it's not just a distance event right you still have all the jumpers all the sprinters who want to compete in the national championship and this is really the only way to do it so it kind of makes the dynamics of this race different and interesting listen Maybe you don't want to change indoor because there's a lot of different events going on, but they could have picked any weekend for cross country nationals, right? Like I, I, I do think it's in within NCAA's control. I'm not sure why they chose to pull it off this way. You could have had cross country nationals a month ago. You could have had it, you know, uh, two weeks from now, a little bit later like after the indoor nationals. I just so, think it's that like fine line of like, all right, are we going to interfere with both indoor and outdoor track? Or are we just going to stack these two? get through this period, give people the cross country that they want and then move on. And then we'll focus on outdoor after that. I mean, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a case of they're just doing everything they can. Right. I don't think there's much more that they could do here. Um, 
so yeah, I think that they're just they're just getting through cross country and indoor, and they're they're giving a little bit more respect to outdoor than the other two, you know. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's that's twenty twenty into twenty twenty one. What are you gonna what are you, what are you gonna do, right? I mean, I gotta be honest. Indoor track championships, unfortunately, they they probably lost me, right? Because oh, I'm going to be me. I'm gonna be focused on cross country. Um, we have so many things going on this weekend, and it's like I don't. We're going to have to cover it a little bit, but we're not going to cover indoor like we're going to cover cross country. It's just not going to happen because we started as a cross country podcast. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm missing out on indoor a little bit this year. But I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, Steve, they're doing the best they can. Um, all right. Anything else? Are we ready to move on? I mean, I'm just I'm just, you know, looking at this like the, the schools that have chosen cross country over indoor you know, I got a lot of respect for those schools. Like I just, I feel like a deeper connection to these schools that they're like putting their, you know, their flag in the ground as we are a cross country school. We don't give a damn about indoor track cross country is the way this is what we do here at this school. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I think the over, overwhelming majority of like the distance schools did that, right? Like you're never going to see like NAU and BYU who have like their window right now is so wide open to try and get this national championship arkansas and stuff like that you're, you're not going to see them punt on a cross-country national championship it's just, i mean that's what they've built their program around so it's just you're just not going to see that it would have been fun though if you saw them duke it out in the cross-country you know championships and then a week later they're on an indoor track the top guys somewhere duking it out yeah. for a 5k championship well, so i guess we're missing out on that element yeah so this is something i haven't done my homework on enough surprise surprise but i'm sure that there are some athletes who are going to be running indoor nationals flying out to Oklahoma and two days later running cross nationals. I'm sure that there are some athletes who are doing that and I cannot wait that that's going to be like a, a, a great storyline, right? If you have an all American, I'm all American in, in, uh, indoors who comes back two days later as an all American in cross country. That's going to be a great storyline. So looking out for that. Um, all right, let's move on to this. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of European track here. So we're not going to go quickly. Down sorry. Long. Sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just one. Uh, just all, quickly, Mike, I want to give a quick shout out to Christopher Alphon and Kyle Cloutier, UMass Lowell men's qualifiers, and then Kylie Richards, uh, UMass Lowell women's qualifier. Got to give a and Lowell High School alum. Got to give the, uh, the the local names a quick shout out. Hell yeah, Kylie! Kylie is uh, our our high school alma mater. Maybe arguably the the greatest female to ever come out of that program so yeah definitely love the shout out um all right let's move on we're going to talk a little european track now i don't want to get deep into this meet there's a lot to break down there but i think we'll talk about the the big headline uh so our guy jakob ingebritsen he takes home two gold medals what do you look at me we we, we love jakob training is, is jakob ingebritsen like our guy i think he's our guy we we talk about him more than any other european runner I mean, we talk about him because he's sensational, but I don't know if he's our guy. We're going to get Jakob tattoos at some point. I think he's our guy. Listen, he's our guy. Anyways, so he takes home two gold medals, uh, but not without controversy. So I don't know how much of this race you guys got to to check out, but in the 1500, there was an incident where he kind of got tangled up with a guy from Poland, takes a step on the inside of the track, crosses the line he gets dq'd his team uh disputes the disqualification it gets overturned 
and he ends up with the gold medal there as well. What do you, what did you guys think? Did you think the DQ was the right call? Uh, did you think overturning it was the right call? I don't know. Where are we at with this one? I never friggin' understand this rule, right? Because this, this happens all the time. And, like, it's going to happen, right, especially in the, the mid-distance events where you're going to – you know, people are jockeying for position. There's no lanes. They're trying to run fast. There's going to be some, like, bumping and shoving out there. When I saw the, when I saw the replay – you know, to me, as somebody that's participated in the sport for the majority of their life, to me, that like, that's a no-brainer, non-disqualification, right? He didn't get any advantage. He got bumped. It's one step right back on. And, like, as long as I've been part of sport, that's, like, a pretty standard thing. As long as it, like, doesn't help your position, um, if you take that one quick step and then go back, you're fine, right? It happens in the sport. Um, to see that disqualification come out, I was so, I was very surprised. Happy it got overturned because he deserved that race. I I was not so surprised when I when I watched the replay like sixteen hundred times on YouTube on on quarter speed to try and break it down. Uh, Inga Britson goes in there like a like a cannonball and is just initiating contact and running into people. And he's like trying to squeeze position when he didn't have it. He cuts the guy off. The guy has no choice but to kind of get his balance and pushes Inga Britson. Inga Britson literally rips the guy's number off. I'm sure you guys saw that part of it where he takes the flag off. So when you look at it that way, you know, he should have been DQ'd and, and that was the right call. But my God, am I happy they didn't keep that. Because if you were to take the championship away from him based on, like I'm saying by, by the rule, what I saw was Ingebrigtsen initiating contact, then he had to step inside and like, you know, that, that, that was fine. That's, that's what happened. However, that should not cost him a championship. Like they did the right thing by overturning it. Um, it didn't give him a competitive advantage. And uh, like, it just would have made me, I would have been disgraced if somebody lost a European championship because of a little bit of contact. Like it's okay to have a little pushing around, a little shoving in there. Um, so, uh, so I'm glad that he didn't lose his, his gold medal. Yeah. Cut, yeah a couple... When you're one of the best in the world, especially at a specific event. Yeah. I'd go out there. I'd go out there a little aggressive, assert your dominance. Like I, I that's one of the things I love about the sport. If you're, if you're a guy of like, you know, Jakob stature and you you kind of hold this certain position, yeah, you better be bullying people around as long as it's like, you know, not too aggressive. Not as long as long as you're not going to get disqualified for like bumping and pushing people around. Get physical out there. I'm all. Yeah. So, a, a couple points on that. Um, Trina, I, I I think a lot of people were in your boat there, like really breaking it down, going into the slow mo. We were all like, you know, channeling our inner Ed Hockey League, getting under the hood and like breaking down some some film, getting the ch- you know being the challenge crew. Um, so to your point, I'm happy they overturned it because the original disqualification was not for contact. It was not. It was for the stepping inside of the track, which is crazy, right? In a in a 1500 meter race, one step inside the track, like especially when it's getting like rough and bumpy. However that was more than just like your average contact Jakob. Like, I mean, he threw this guy off of his step for like four or five steps after that legitimately disrupted his stride, yanked down on him. This guy gave him the quick stiff arm right back. That's why he came out. But it was just in response to like getting manhandled and legitimately changing a segment of the race for this guy which 
I don't know. I'm, I'm up in the air whether that should be disqualification or not. But if they held up the DQ for that contact alone, I don't think I would have been that upset because it was, it was very aggressive contact. And now, listen, I'm in favor of contact and track. I love it. But if you're going to go by the book and, like, go deep into the rule book of, like, your ability or non-ability to, like, disrupt someone's stride into, like – stop them from being able to move and run and like yank them around. I can't imagine that what he did was legal. So I guess my point is if that's not Jakob Ingebrigtsen, the brightest young star in all of Europe, and if he's not winning gold there, does that stand, right? Like does that hold up? Because I'm kind of thinking if you disqualify Jakob, and then you got the Inga Britson family and you know all of Norway showing up disputing this. I mean, I think that that probably holds a lot of weight, a little bit of intimidation factor. I don't know. I, my gut tells me that if this is just like your average Joe pulling that move, he probably gets disqualified for for super aggressive contact. That's how I feel. I and I agree with you, Mike. I, I think you're absolutely correct. I think the fact that his last name is Ingebrigtsen had a lot to do with the fact that the TQ got overturned. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm mad about it, right? Like that doesn't mean I, I am disappointed that they didn't follow it by the book as it should have been like he was anybody else. And listen, if anybody did that, I probably wouldn't want that to be overturned because like Ingebrigtsen had his aggressive move and then the guy kind of, you know, had no choice but to retaliate, but he did kind of get him. He got Ingebrigtsen back and knocked him on his like off balance a little bit. So it was kind of like all, all was fine in the end. I think they both ended up just fine out of it. So I have, I have no issue with the overturn. I have no issue because it was Ingebrigtsen. I kind of hope they would kind of take it that way, you know, for anybody like, like big cat. When you listen to PT, he always talks about what would, if you just pulled everyone in the bar, should they disqualify that person? Yep. I don't care. The letter rule probably said yes, but no, you shouldn't disqualify him. There was a little bit of contact, a little bit of back and forth in the early part of the race. I think both runners recovered fine, and it shouldn't have been a DQ. Sure, sure. So, and I, I just I went so. back and watched this. You guys are talking like I, I was like I was wondering like did I watch the right race? Like I, I you guys are talking. He did not manhandle anybody. He got cut yeah, off. Steve, he the guy, pulled, the guy on the, the on guy, the bend, pulls the, on guy the bend. Backwards. The guy cut him off. He was in lane one. The guy cut him off. Right, but you're allowed so, to cut off. So you're not, he got you're tripped up. To, you're not allowed to stop someone's momentum. You can't pull. He literally pulled he somebody he got backwards. Tripped up. Oh, he was falling on. into him. I'm just on. watching it right now. Ingebrigtsen was behind that guy. He was a half step behind him. No, the guy's in lane two, and he cuts in front of him, and he and he and he messes up his stride. No, Jakob is clearly trying to make a move to the front of the pack there, and he he goes to put his hand on this guy's back, and I think he kind of loses balance or something, and he, I mean. Again, you guys. I think I, I think I've watched this clip a couple hundred times. It is very clear that he pulls the guy's momentum backwards. He stops the runner's momentum. That happens. You guys are and, crazy. And, you and guys again, are crazy. Again, is, you guys are soft for thinking no, that. No, no. See, I knew I knew you were gonna say that, it's Chip. Soft. Because I knew you were gonna say that, Chip, because I agree with everything Trent was saying. Where it's like I am happy it got overturned because that's how I view the sport. However, if the DQ stood. I wouldn't be here like on this podcast, like raising all hell like we have for some DQs. I would understand why it happened. Now, as the way I watch the sport, 
I want that to be overlooked and, and have it. But I think there's an argument that he can't be doing that shit. And I think that the Inga Britson name helped out a little bit. That's, that's my only point. Soft. Soft. Trent, anything, anything else? No, no, I think that's it. I, I just, Steve had this look on his face when me and you were talking <laughs> about it. And I thought you got like some crazy text message from somebody. It seemed like something really important was happening. There's like a tornado <laughs> I outside in sure Lowell. I was talking about the right clip. I was making sure I was talking about the right clip. I couldn't believe what you guys were saying. Anyway, I think, let's move on. I, I, think, I think Steve just watched the clip for the first time tonight. I think, I think he was oh, a little behind. He probably read an article I think he just watched the wrong clip. That's probably what happened. He just yeah, watched yeah. the wrong clip. All right. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk some results. We kind of broke it down a little bit earlier. We had our game going. We had the crew together to watch the Sound Runner Invitational. It was an awesome meet. Very well done. Some incredible performances. Some super fast times. Uh, I don't know. I have a couple notes here. A few people I want to talk about. But I don't know. Is there any specific place you guys want to start? I mean, we we got to start with with friend of the program, Josh Kerr. That's yeah, where I, I mean. That. I like it. Let's do I like men's fifteen hundred. I mean, Josh Josh Kerr looked like he was just for the first half of that race, just toying with people. When he wanted to drop the hammer, he gapped the field significantly. Um, you know, easy win in three thirty-five. Just an, e- I mean, just a, a dominant performance out there. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but as soon as Josh Kerr started making his move, Central like gave up, right? And I think it was like it was one of those things where he's like, it, you know, him he could have easily finished second in that race, but it was one of those things where. He decided it's, you know, I'm just going to pretend like I'm not going to win today. I'm just going to pretend like this is a glorified workout. I didn't have it. So he kind of fell back just to, I mean, I, 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 we go back and forth on central all the time on this podcast, but when I see stuff like that, it's like, dude, I have a hard time cheering for you sometimes, dude. Kirk should about been out there in the European championship racing in Britain. Like there was nobody in that field that was uh, of his class during that day. And yes, Central should be his class. But like you said, Steve, as soon as Kerr made his move, Central was like, I can't handle that right now. Or Central tried initially and he, and he realized he went too late and he didn't have a chance. Like the way Kerr just like took it to a guy like Centro, I mean, he's a gamer, man. Like obviously he's super skilled, super talented, but the way he just like goes to the front of that pack out there in a race like that, it gets you excited for what he's going to do at some big races because the guy's going to perform. The guy's going to, you know, he's not backing down to anybody. Yeah, so, I don't know, when you watch that race, you know, I had kind of two takeaways. My first takeaway is Josh Kerr is, he's going to medal in the Olympics. Like, and I, I mean that wholeheartedly. The way he commanded that race, and then he had Centro kind of on his tail, and you're like, oh, wow, he's got Centro right there. But when, when Josh made his move, he put a gap on Centro in like a second. That you, you had a gigantic gap open up in a second. And it was like, I could not believe my eyes on how fast that this gap opened up. Josh just looked like a man amongst boys. Not saying a lot with a gold medalist just being put in, in his dust. My second take is obviously I was, you know, being a little facetious at the top of the show, kind of mocking the chatter that Centro is washed up and he's done. Obviously, I don't think Centro is washed up and he's done. That was a brutal, brutal race to watch, right? Like, 
we, we I try so hard. You guys make fun of me where I flip flop on Centro and I call him my guy when he does good. But it's 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 hard to watch when it's like when Olympics comes around and listen, everybody shut your mouth. Matthew Centritz is going to be on the Olympic team. I'm telling you, you, you heard it here first. Like breaking news, play the music. Like he's gonna be on the Olympic team. So I'm going to be rooting you for him. I'm going to be all in on Centro. It's just like, it's so hard to watch him collapse like that. And you know, I mean, anybody who knows anything knows that Centro is not washed up and done. He, he didn't fall apart in that race. He just gave up. He straight up gave up. I think Centro loves to win and he hates to lose. And when he knows it's over, it's over, right? So I, I don't think that means that he he can't win on a big stage still. I just like it, like Steve said, it makes it brutal to watch. And Mike, that's where the love hate relationship comes with, because it's like, you know, this is one, this is our guy, right? You know, this is, this is one of the three that we're going to be cheering for. And we want to get behind him so bad, but then he just does shit that pisses you off and it makes it so damn hard. I mean, do either of you think that Centro's done? Like, do either of you think that no. Centro's not making the Olympic no. team? Okay. Right. No, I do not. Just, just want to make sure we're on that page. Um, Before we move right. on, can yeah, I yeah. Shoot? just quick shout out to the to the friends of the program in this one. It was like half the field. Johnny G. Tell me if Literally I miss anybody. Sam Prakel, Eric yeah. Avila, Henry Wynn, David Ribich. I mean, we had we had a, a P2E crew out there. That was fun. So I'm, I'm happy you say it, Trent, because we've kind of shat on Johnny G a little bit. And it wasn't like anything crazy, but it was whoa, nice whoa, whoa, to whoa, see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We shat on him. I was yeah. like, I'm team We've Johnny. been hard on him, but it comes we from a place of love. It comes from a place, right. I, it was nice to see Johnny G in the mix again, right? Taking the third place there, putting himself in the mix, having a nice little race. He wasn't out there for time. He he, he raced well. So it was. It, it just felt good to see Johnny G in the mix as somebody who, like Steve said, has been very hard on Johnny G. Um, Johnny. All right, uh, women's fifteen hundred. Uh, th- this was an interesting race because Elise Cranny kind of w- was out in the lead, and Sinclair just. I mean, you kind of knew it was coming from a long ways out. Sinclair is just so damn good this is another athlete will without a doubt be on the olympic team and she just commands the race she just raced perfectly and then you know when the time is right just blew right by elise i don't know how many times we're going to say it on this podcast like sinclair is very very good i mean watch out watch out for sinclair johnson real deal holyfield She's, she made- she's the real deal. And it's just every single time you see her step on the line. And we knew, like, you know, Trials Miles uh, last week, uh, you know, it, it first first professional loss, right? And she's she just like, yeah, I had a bad day. And then you see her bounce back with this dominant performance. Real deal. She is, you know, like, same as same as is Josh Kerr. Like, we're watching, like, a probably – probably a, 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 you know, a, a podium finisher or a potential podium finisher in the Olympics right here. She made such a smooth transition from college to pro or to being unsponsored and then to Bowerman. Like it's, it's not rare to see people kind of have a transition period where they are, are finding new coaching or doing different workouts. They're, they're finding maybe even a new event or something like that. But she goes from, from crushing the college 
seen to just immediately like transitioning right in with the new coach and the Bowerman team and just winning again. She just she just goes out and wins, and it's it's just impressive to watch. Like like there's no blip there. It was just the smoothest transition. Um, next to my list here, I have the men's 5K. We had five Olympic standards hit in this race. Grant Fisher, his coming out party. I mean, holy crap. Drops a 13.02, wins the race, looks awesome. I mean, that was like, for me, I know he's had great races, but to me that was like, holy shit, Grant Fisher's here. Um, besides that, you know, you had Bowerman Track Club just dominate this race, uh, going one, two, three. You had some badass on uh, performances. You had Joe Klecker in 13. Huge race for Joe Klecker. Which is I mean, so he, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, just like first race as a uh, or um, first year as a pro, dropping a thirteen oh six, crazy fast. To think that thirteen oh six was going to finish fourth in this race is out of control. You had Ollie Hoard as a miler, drop a thirteen twenty two. So I don't know, badass race for BTC, badass race for on, um, badass race for Grant Fisher. That's kind of what I had there. Big big time shout out to uh, to Sydney Getabudai as well. I mean, uh, I think he. He had a breakout race, a, a 13-22 for him. You could even see him after the race kind of getting emotional and kind of fist pumping. He had a real emotional post on um, on Instagram. So just uh, good, great to see him do well and have this breakout race. And then I'll use my shout out. Mark Scott, beforehand on Instagram, he was posting like boys going after sub-13 tonight, like calling a shot. Didn't get it. But you had a bunch of guys run real fast. And so I just appreciated the 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 little swag there going into a little confidence, not afraid to throw it out there. Um, and then everybody showed up with him tonight and he he grabbed second place. But those top four there with Fisher, Scott, McGordy, and Clicker all right there. And it was it was a fun race. It was one of the better races in the night. Uh the last race I had on here was the women's five K. Again, we also had five olympic standards hit in this race another super super fast race uh kind of some shout outs here so emily sisson took home the win she ran in my eyes a perfect race there's kind of a a lead pack that went out steve who was you had the girl who went out in the fast in that race right eilish uh was mccoggan yep mccollin all in whatever i, I can't pronounce yes yeah, so, and uh kaladi went with her so you kind of the the front pack go out and like create this huge gap and emily sat back in the chase pack ran the race great let them kind of come back to her and then took over the race after that i will say shout out to kaladi who after getting caught with the chase bag managed to stay in the race run a really fast time uh you know it was fun to see Kaladi and Alicia Munson, who are kind of college rivals, go at it a little bit there. Um, and you're burying the lead here, Mike. Sto- maybe, maybe the story of the night. Ali Bukowski, yep, with a with a 25 second PR, getting the standard under 15, just like a huge, huge breakout race for her. She finished right behind Sisson, but this was like. This was like, you know, welcome to the party, Allie. Like, this was a huge race for her. And as Trent Trent mentioned, like, the emotional moment, like, unbelievable emotional moment for her after the race, too, just, like, breaking down, hugging, like, I mean, just a great, great moment. Yeah, I think I think Sisson was a 15-second PR, too, from what I saw. So, I mean, the, the ladies up front, they, they held it together. They ran well. You know what this race showed me, though? 
when we were when we were all gambling on this and we all had our picks, it showed how like exciting the five k can be, right? Because the fifteen yes. almost happens like too fast, where you're like, you know, you're, you're trying to follow it and, and you don't have time to let it really play out. But I mean, we had Steve's, we had Steve's, uh, he had Eilish up front, and then there's all like people debating whether she's gonna fall apart or not. People had Winnie Kaladi, like, is she gonna fall apart or not? She doesn't fall apart. Sisson come from behind. This was like. I just thought this was the most exciting gambling moment of the night for us. And it just shows like the potential, like this distance running where people like say, Oh, I can't get excited about distance running. I'm telling you, distance running is like made for, for gambling. You get a little bit of time to like, you know, let the race play out at least see a little race strategy. It's, it was, it was super fun. Um, all right. Any, there's a couple other events, but that was really like the highlights I had. Do you guys have anything to add there? Not much else to add. Big, nope. big win for Nia Ak- uh, Atkins. Yep. Um, but yeah, no exciting. I had fun. This was a fun race to watch. Yeah. And so uh, as far as results go, that, that wraps up for sound runner. Uh, there was one thing I forgot to put in the show notes. So listen, I'm, I'm blind on you guys here. You might not have anything to say on it, but I think it's worth throwing out there. Uh, Paul Chalimo kind of had a, totally uh, forgot about this yeah, it, it, i know this is like a crazy news totally forgot about this that's what i'm saying like it happened on thursday so so much happened over the weekend that i just forgot to put it on the show notes completely but basically he tried to call his shot said he was going after an american record they kind of had a small little gathering which is a few runners out there um to go break the american record and not only did he not break the american record not only did he not like finish first in this like i don't even i don't know if i call it a race it was kind of like a time trial-esque uh environment but he lost to emmanuel bohr his teammate who who dropped him hard like it, it wasn't even like chalimo hung in there that long it was like halfway through the race bohr kind of just moved away from him and emmanuel bohr almost broke the the american record he, he was just a you know a few seconds off from it which would have been electric, I think, if Paul Chilimo called a shot and then his teammate came out and was the one who broke the, the record. So, I don't know, kind of interesting there from our guy, Paul, who is another guy that we've been flip-floppy on a little bit. Uh, it's kind of, in my opinion, a tough look to call your shot an American record and then not even win the race. I don't know. Agreed. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Keep calling a shot, though. I, I, I do yeah, sure. appreciate you throwing yourself out there. Like, you... You're not going to hit it every time. So I'm not going to, like Mike wasn't going to criticize the selection party, even though he really wants to. I'm not going to criticize Chalimo for calling a shot here. All right. All right. Um, he's, still, he's trying to stay on Paul's good side. All right. I get it. So maybe I'm one just, day when he comes on the podcast, I'm looking like, out for oh, the yeah, podcast. Mike, Mike yeah. talked smack about you, but I said, good. yeah, whatever. Trent, I get I'm it. defending our athletes, our American athletes. Uh, yeah, I got no problem with him calling shot, but it is, it's a funny takeaway. We're kind of takeaway. It's like, oh, I have a new name I got to get to know. I got to get to know this poor guy a little bit better because I don't really know much about him in Italy. Uh, yeah, I just dropped my phone on the ground, making a huge noise. I hope it's not broken. But other than that, gentlemen, that is all I got for the news. So we are going to get into our interview with Sam Chalanga and Mike. Um, this was, you know, this was just me and Mike. Trent wasn't able to make it for it. This may be one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. Like, I think it's it definitely a slightly different tone than our other interviews. Like, we're a little less, like, jokey and everything. But, you know, we had some fun with them. But this was, like, I came out of this conversation with Sam, like, inspired, fired up. Like, I was so jacked up after this interview. Yeah, Sam was awesome. I think I tried to push him a little bit on the, the goofy questions. 
but at the end of the day, the the in, the inspirational questions is really where he shines. I mean, I could listen to this guy talk for hours. He, I left that interview and I was like lacing up my shoes, ready to go for a run, ready to run through a brick wall. Like this guy will get you fired up when you listen to him. Sounds like yeah. I'm going to save this till Saturday morning, right yeah. before my my big five mile, and I'm going to listen to the interview. All right, let's get into him. Let's talk. Let's go. You know, I, I got to say, I am super excited to have you on the podcast, super excited to be talking to you. Um, you're somebody that we've followed for a long time, and it was great to see your name kind of pop up in, that, in the Texas qualifier at the Trials for Miles last week. Um, and I was just kind of going through, and I was kind of going through your past couple of years. So you officially retired in 2018, mm-hmm. and then we right. see your name pop up at the Houston Half Marathon in 2020. Then you're in the trials. Now we see you back on the track. What made you want to come back to the sport? Why are you Why are you back mixing it up with the pros again? Oh, I'm just like uh, having fun, you know. So you know, there's a lot of guys out there that they work full time and then they just, you know, like I love running. I left professional running in 2018, but I still do enjoy running, you know, every day. And sometimes it's just I do it for fun. So that's how it started. And then it's weird because like if you're a weekend warrior and like when when you don't even have time to train but whenever you try to like you know compete a little bit here there and you're like wow i think i have i have so much potential even with less training then i was like eh, maybe i'll just go to the trials and then you know your boss finds out about it and she's like what you're really good at it you know you know train for a few like a month and see how it goes in the marathon and then it's just kind of fun like that and i used to as, as a journey to just kind of like enjoy the sport and just you know i don't know it's just there's something different with you know like i found that there's a different side of run of runners where people work and also enjoy running and that's that's where i keep you know that's where i'm, I'm balancing my training but i guess you know it's just maybe i'm a little talented than the weekend warriors and that's why i find myself in these professional races oh i'd say so i think you got a little more talent than the weekend warriors sam yeah but is it you know are you finding now this kind of like this second go of it are you finding that it's like a, a little bit more freeing like you're talking about how you know you have you have your job which we want to get into in a minute um where running mm-hmm. before was your job and you're talking like yeah. how you're having more fun with it now is it is, is it is it a different feeling when you're on the starting line than it was you know three years ago um it's it's not like it's not different. It just like the only difference that I've noticed is like definitely the training portion of it is more relaxed. You, you're not stressing out. You're definitely putting in a lot of hours. You know, like you gotta get up early and like sometimes you have to like skip lunch to go to the gym or something like that. So it takes a lot of time. But in terms of the pressure of just like, man, I gotta go to this race. I gotta do this workout. N- none of that. I don't have that right now. So. Um, I would say, you know, the only difference is like, I noticed when I hit the, the start line, even though I don't have, you know, so much pressure, like this, that nerve, like you just, your body knows you've been here before and you're like, wow, you know, it's, uh, 
there was times I was like, man, what am I doing here? This is crazy. I think I, I think I chose the wrong day to show up here. <laughs> so no, just nerves. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. So I, I started following your career, you know, back when you were tearing it up in, in college, Sam, that was kind of like right around the time that I was starting to, to follow running a little bit more. I was in high school. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you won four national championships, two XC championships. And so you were kind of the first person I watched. I was like, Oh wow, this guy is super legit. So followed your career after college, watched you go into the, to the professional scene. And then, you know, you kind of shocked the, the running world a little bit when you decide mm -hmm. to retire from running, you decide to join the army. So mm -hmm. we'll get into that. But I, I, I guess what I want to know first is the first time you retire, you join the army. Mm -hmm. Now you're making this comeback when you retire this time. I mean, where do you go from there? Are you going to become like a movie star or something or like what, what, is, what is the next shocking move you're going to make? Um. I, that's an interesting question because it's not really sh shocking because in personally it was like I made a decision that I had already you know thought about it a little bit but I guess looking from outside it might look really shocking but um I don't think if I finish my current like job I don't know I'll be old and I'll just probably just want to you know take back I don't know I'm not <laughs> a good actor or anything so not yeah very interesting question for sure <laughs> well yeah. what made in, in the first place what what made you want to join the uh the army it was just like uh the best answer i can give you is just it was more some deep you know personal like if you if you watch my career you know that i'm a person that like i'm i kind of operate like on my own way you know my story the way even i became a runner is just one of those like Somebody, I've had somebody one day say just random, you know, path to becoming a professional, but you know, everything that I put myself, I, I put myself like a hundred percent, maybe I know there's no such a thing as 110, but like, you know, like I do give everything and my mind, everything is in it. And so with the sports, it goes back, not just the professional, it goes back to when I started training, you know, in the village and you, you can even see it in my book. Like I, I didn't run because I wanted to run at first. It was more like it was a necessity. And so you go, like you fast forward 10 years later, I'm still on that path of just chasing the run. And like a lot of people didn't know that I did this because I, I needed to, you know, get to the next level in life and help myself and my family, you know. And so when it got to a point where I felt like, you know, I think I've achieved what, I, like I've gotten more than, I came in terms of running. I didn't, the first time I took those first steps, I didn't think, oh yeah, you're going to be a pro. I was just saying, if you just make it to good college, then you'll be the luckiest, you know, person in the group. And I did. And so on that line, you know, that path, it got to a point where like, I just needed to do something and I don't want to wake up every day and just keep going through. Cause like, you know, many jobs, you just, you might end up just going through the motions. I didn't want to be like that. And so I considered some options and I was exposed to some of the guys in the army and I had seen how they do it. And like, it was also personal for me because, you know, coming from the village and landing like a new life in America. And it's one of those things I was like, Hey, you know, maybe give some back, you know, just like when I used to dream of like going to the village and doing things for my village, I was like, you know, my kids are growing up here. America gave me that chance that I would, I never thought about it. So I was like, you know, I can see this becoming something that would be fulfilling for me, not just as a career, but more like internally, like, wow, I'm doing something that that's bigger than myself. 
and that's why I chose the army. I, cool. uh, maybe you're just saying like, why army? Why not Air Force? It's just like I felt like, you know, that's where probably I would be needed. Like, and so I just went in there. That's so cool. So you're you're a you're a first lieutenant in the in the army, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, how do you, um, you know, your your experience as a, a professional runner? Are you able mm-hmm. to implement that all within your platoon and the guys underneath you? You know, obviously, like physically, the you know the the training runs or workouts, but also like mentally, like how how can you bring what you learned through your your time as a professional runner to the guy your platoon and the guys underneath you? I think yes, that's something that. Uh, you know, the first year, I, I didn't know how. Because, like, you know, believe it or not, like, you, you work in the media industry. Like, I worked in the running industry. And it kind of, like, our life compared to the Army is very different. Like, we kind of relax. You know, I just talk to you. But when you go to the Army, the numbers go. Like, there's a lot of people involved in a different background. Like, it's the most diverse, you know, community I've ever been so far. And so, like, I'm just sitting there and all these dynamics. So, you know, one, one thing that I realized after a while, I realized that, you know, what I learned from the track and field is like track and field, it was a community that, you know, a lot of people know, knew about each other. And like, whether when I, I worked at Nike, it just seemed to me like that approach of like, we go out there, it looks like entertainment industry, but then you know the people that you're competing with. So it taught me how to like, you know, when, whenever I go out there, how, you know, to relate to the, because sometimes it gets to a point where like, you know, even work, it seems like a little bit like competition because people are grinding to get to the next level. And so that part, I, I knew how to handle myself in, in that area. And then when, when it comes to like, you know, achieving and setting goals, I felt like I, I knew how because I, I used to set up goals every year. It's the Olympic year, it's the championship season, it's this and this. And so like, I know how to set goals. And so I get my guys on that routine and like, you know, that mentality of, you know, like, you know, you see in out there, you know, they, they always court guys in the sports, you know, a lot of people love sports personalities because we motivate people. And so I used that, you know, I used that, I say, you know, I tell them a story. Remember one day, man, I stand in line and like, we're in like this championship and I'm doing these things. And I feel like that, that, that grit, that gumption just that I learned from running, I bring that to the, I wouldn't say battlefield, but I haven't really deployed, but like, it's kind of like I, I, I try to be like that, be like a champion, motivate people. And, you know, uh, surprisingly, like that mentality of a sports person really translates well when, you, when you're leading people. Because in the army, you lead by example, and like it helps a lot. And so I guess that's what I got out of the running scene. Yeah. So, and on from that, I know, um, you know, in some branches of the military, I don't know how the, the army does it. But, you know, mm. you have these physical fitness tests. I know, uh, you know, you do like the mile and a half run, you do the, the push-ups, you do the sit-ups. Do you, yeah. go, do you go all out when you do your mile and a half run? Do you just completely <laughs> dust people and, you know, beat them by like three or four minutes or you take it easy on them? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I let it rip. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I go all out. I was like, you know what? You know, sometimes like I get guys who beat me in the push-ups and like these <laughs> things. Like whenever I start running, people look at me like, you're kidding, right? Like, <laughs> is this guy for real? Like, is this for real? And I have to explain myself. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I got to imagine. They must think you're a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what was it like, you know, with your job when you started making this comeback? And then people, I mean, I, I got to imagine 
some people that you work with know about your past. I mean, they see you in these, in these, in these, in these fitness tests, but when you start kind of making this, these small steps back to the, the pro scene where you, you, you do unbelievable in the Houston half, you go on running the trials and, uh, and you say that, you know, your, your boss and people that you're working with are encourage you to keep going. What's that like? I mean, are they, are they accommodating with your training schedule and that sort of thing? Uh, so far we haven't really done anything crazy, but the, the best part I can say is like my, the leadership that I've worked with so far is even the current one is like, they just discovered this person in their formation. That's fast. That's, you know, I feel like it's just, it, it motivates me. Even like my own family, like my wife, like looks at me and be like, man, you got a talent, man. Like, and so what I, I owned after that position, I, I started owning up and I started saying, Hey, I'm going to speak up. So I go, I talk to my commander and I say, Hey, you know, during PT, you know, we all meet up at like say five or like six thirty. Can I just, you know, we do a little bit here and then you let me, you know, get out, get away a little bit to the track and run a few laps or like do stuff like that. And then, when they found that I'm really quick and they, uh, the army is big into like the army 10 mile, that really opened up opportunities for me. They say, oh yeah, you want to dribble the army 10 mile? Everybody knows that. They're like, yeah, you know. So do, during BT, I get to meet with my platoon, you know, and then we talk and then they go do their workout. Maybe sometimes I plan so that we're all on the track like twice a week. They can watch me. We can all train together. And then I just do my run. Or like sometimes I would, you know, walk out with them and then do my run afterwards or just kind of like run with them three miles or no, take, yeah, we don't run a lot in the army. So like maybe 20 minutes and then I just had on another, you know, 50 minutes and then just be a work by nine. And so it was just like a give and take uh, between the hours of five and, and nine. That's what I've done so far. So I, I know a lot of the military branches have the um, programs where you can compete for the army or the air force, you know, mm. in, in the Olympic trials and stuff like that. Is that something that you are participating or can participate in or have, you know, ambitions of competing in how, how does that work? And, you know, is that something you're going to be able to do? Uh, ideally like that should be where you should go. Like, you know, go to the world athletes, uh, athletes program and in Colorado and you, you train because that's what that program is for it's for the soldiers that are serving active duty or reserve and they they want to they're talented they have something they can offer the army because the army also believe it or not you know we they believe in sports too like people have fun there's a lot of different things that people do like lifting and boxing and things like that but for me personally it's just like i want when i left the track and field scene i wanted to go and like learn something you know about myself and like and also do the service like if i just go back, you know, without, you know, having this experience, because like all, you know, different jobs have different uh, career paths and I don't want to miss out on my journey towards, you know, what I'm trying to do, serving as an officer in the army. So that's why I'm balancing this way. But um, maybe I, you know, because I've done most of the stuff that I needed to check to go to my next, you know, level. So I probably would consider it, but then, you know, also you, you got to apply and then you have to run the time and things like that. But so right now I, I just enjoy doing what I'm doing right now. Cause you know, in the morning I'm a runner in the afternoon, we are just working out in the field. And um, I'm hoping that some of the guys that I work with, especially my unit, like they can see the, you know, you can motivate people, man. Like the work, if I work with you like normal day and then over the weekend you're killing it, in like running it's kind of cool in some way 
So there's that connection, and I, that's what I'm trying to build. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. So Sim, we're, we're about the same age. And I, I think, I think it was like 2010 or 2011. I forget exactly. It was, it was one of those two years. Um, I was in the, I was in a Raleigh 10 K. I was at the Raleigh is Raleigh 10 K. It was, it was one of those early season meets and I uh, it, it's one of, I, I have this picture and you're like crossing the finish line. And it looks like you're just out leaning me at the finish line, but really I have two more laps to go. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I love that picture, <laughs> but anyways, you know, I, 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 I graduated the same time as you. And then I, I, you know, I, I tried to compete at a different level, but keep compete post collegiately for a while. And it was right around 2018 where I took mm-hmm. a, a, a big step back from the sport and I'm starting mm-hmm. to get back into it a little bit now and, mm-hmm. you know, going out for runs and doing workouts. The, the thing that mm-hmm. I keep telling myself, or I'm like constantly reminded about is like, you know, when I, when I was younger and I had this, I had this talent, I didn't necessarily see it as talent at the time, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was definitely something I took for granted. The ability to run a certain pace or do a certain workout. It's something I Mm -hmm. took for granted. And I think it's something that a lot of runners do. Um, It's just kind of the nature of the sport. Do you ever Mm -hmm. look back and be like, man, you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate my ability when I was a little bit younger or my ability to do something when I was younger. Um, man, you said you speak the truth right there. It's true. Um, I, I, I've, I've felt the same way, you know, like for me, maybe like the only difference between me and you is you didn't have somebody pay to try and give you on your toes, you know, cause like I had Nike, I had these coaches trying to push me or like teammates, but like what I can definitely attest is like, I did not know. I'm not kidding. I did not even know what it meant to break the NCAA record. I just thought it was a run. And I knew that it was a big deal, but like, I just never understood at that time. And so it took me a very long time like you to, to mature and understand that, you know, that what I was doing was very special. And so I guess one of the things that, um, that even made me come back is just when I realized that, you know, okay, there's the age and everything, but at the end of the day, it's just about going out there and having a good time and just kind of like, keep a hundred percent, whether it's for you or it's for the people that are listening to this podcast that are like sitting there, like saying, man, I haven't walked out in like 36 months, you know, and just letting people know that deep inside of you, there's that we all decide the same thing. We want to get out and, and do stuff, but like, we just, it's hard because I wish that somebody, I wish, I, I don't know how I would have known like 10 years ago that this was quality, but I guess it's just life experience. And so I definitely appreciate that that comment and you saying that because a lot of people would relate to this, you know, if you're out there and you're young and, and you're doing amazing things, think about the fact that it's one in a lifetime, like not only, you know, maximize it, but also kind of like meditate on it. See every day, wake up and say, you know, I'm doing something that a lot of people would wish to do and I'm killing it. And so just kind of appreciate on a, on a deeper level, just go a little bit deep, a little bit. And like, share your story with other people too so that especially the younger kids you know they can understand that these are they're living through their, their prime times and like they need to maximize those and enjoy like have fun because i know you had fun you just didn't know that's yeah. all yeah, and like you yeah. said you know i might be even having more fun with it now but you know that's you know that's you know life life's cruel like that you can't you can't fully appreciate something until you're until you're past it but um, you know, before we wrap up, we know we need to get back to your, to your kids here, but I did want to mm-hmm. go back to one of those times where 
you, you had it, right? And you were, I mean, you, yeah. you still have it, obviously, but you were crushing it. Let's go back to that night where you ran that 2708. It's the night that Chris Solinsky, uh, he broke the, the American record. What was in the air that night? Why was the 10K just, you know, just, just an unbelievable night for the 10K? Well, I can't speak for those guys, but I can speak for myself. Um, it was one of the most unique nights. I just remember, you know, following the, the leaders and then that somewhere, I just, somewhere I just heard people yelling laps. And like, this was the days when I didn't really, I was not in doing like we just talked about. I'm just out there. I'm in college, you know, this is just a job. I'm just going through and somebody yelled a split and I was like, oh no, that feels, <laughs> I feel like this, uh, this is easy. That should, that person either is wrong or I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. It was something along like 65 or 64. And I was like, wow, that feels super easy. And it just kept going like that until the last few laps that I got tired. And so it was definitely a special night. I will never forget about it. I never planned for it. It, was, it just happened. And it was, it was crazy. I can't believe that all those records got broken that night. It's, uh, I guess we'll, we'll always remember this until someone else comes and runs that fast. <laughs> it's one of, the, one of the great nights in American distance running for sure. Yep, I agree. So quickly, I want to ask you about your book. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I've run my whole life and I know running stinks, but I can mm -hmm. only imagine that writing a book is like really hard. Right? Yeah. You, you seem like the kind of person who wants to challenge yourself, obviously, right? You were a professional runner, which is brutal doing marathons and long distance running. You put mm -hmm. yourself, you know, you, you uh, went into the army, give yourself a lifestyle mm -hmm. that's rewarding, but difficult and you have to push yourself. And then you decided yeah. to go ahead and write a book was writing a book. Uh, and I'll plug the name of the book is with the wind finding victory within. So was that something you always wanted to do? You always kind of had aspirations or was it something that it was like, you know, you're going to push yourself again, try and find, you know, another thing to, to work at and, and really, you know, push you outside of your comfort zone. No, um, it's so interesting. Like the way, I don't know, sometimes like I, I do things and I don't really overthink it, but I'll tell you, you know, the reason why I did it was because, you know, like that's why, like when you guys even contacted me about, you know, talking about, you know, let's just talk about stuff. I, I real I appreciate those things now because over time I felt like there wasn't anything out there to explain to people different stories of how different people, you know, are doing in their life, you know? And so uh, we read stories sometimes like say Muhammad Ali or like say the greatest guys like Terragut or these people that are winning these big races, but like all they talk about is how like say, if you wanna run this time, you just have to, you see their workouts, you're like, how am I gonna do this? I don't know how. And so I felt like I wasn't that crowd before, you know, cheering but like Paul Terragut, the guy that motivated me to run or when I was watching my brother run. And so what happened was I, I just hit this feeling like from when I was a little kid that I always say, man, like even on the book, I told, I told my cousin, I say, you know, in the village, there used to be like this British Airways, uh, this flight that just keeps going through our village, leaving like a cloud of dust. And one day I pointed it and I say, hey, man, I'm going to get on that plane one day. And the guys just laughed out loud. He's like, man, it's too far. You can't get up there. I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. I'm going to find a way to go where, where it lands. And so we're just kids, you know, we don't even know how planes take off. We just see them in the sky. And, you know, it was interesting because as I was writing this story, I remember those days. 
So I put it on the book. And really, just to wrap it up, I'll, what made me do the, do the book is like, you know, I wanted to share this reality that I was nothing, man. I had no dreams of running. Didn't even know. Only thing I knew about America was like Bill Clinton. I had heard that name on the radio one day. I heard something about, sadly, there was like a, a terrorist attack in like Nairobi, you know, when I was a kid. And I remember just, you know, my sister saying, did you, did you hear about the blast? I was like, what is that? I don't know what it is. And I heard it. And so that's all I knew. And then I come to this country and it's so beautiful. And like, you know, the first days I'm in like New Jersey and realizing that, you know, I just, uh, it's so much like this different, you know, things going on. Like I got to see New York City and I was like, wow, I did not see this coming. And then I, I guess I gave asking myself all these years, even when I was at Nike, what did I do different to become what I've become? And I realized no, I didn't do nothing. All I did was I was faithful and I worked hard and I was just there. I was present and I, and these things kept happening. And so I, I realized, you know, these, these greatness, whatever you want to call that people think that I have, it's not really, it's nothing. It doesn't exist. It, it, you have it. Whatever I have, you have it. Your buddy has it. Everybody has it. So we just need to tell each other these stories. We need to come out there and say, hey, man, whatever you want, go for it. The biggest lessons that I've learned is when people made me do things I didn't want to do. You know? Even this, until this day, like, I'll be like, you know, you know, my commander will be like, hey, Sam, I need you and your platoon to do this and this and this. And I'm taking the notes and I'm thinking, man, my guys are not going to be happy to do this. This is a lot of work. It's weekend. We just want to go home and play. And then we go, we go, we go, we do it. And then all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wow, that was fun. We learn a whole different level of, you know, who we are and like different skills. And so that's why I wrote the book. I believe, I truly believe that everybody's great. It's in there. You just got to go and let it happen. And then when something good happens, remember to appreciate it, meditate on it, and share it. What a, what a note to end this. I am pumped yeah. up. What a note to end this interview on. But quickly, before we let mm. you go, we end every interview on a quick game. So, Mike, why don't oh, you no. kick off down the home stretch? All right, okay. down the home stretch. So, rapid-fire questions. We're going to be talking about your comeback to running. Mm -hmm. So, Steve's going to mm -hmm. hit you with the first question. Let's do it. All right, I feel like every comeback story has to be associated with a great song. What is, your, what is the song that you're listening to throughout this comeback story? Wow, you know, <laughs> I don't, I listen to so many songs, but like the greatest song, it has to be real quick. Yeah, just one. Or one out, you got an artist? I, I listen to somebody, but like this, this one of them that like me and my son, love it and like we always you know i don't know the title of the song but like it's called bang bang, bang. all right come party like with me <laughs> um yeah. all right so you know a lot of great athletes throughout the years you know brett Favre, michael jordan have retired from the sport come back to the sport retired come back how many times so i'm not doing anything wrong so i'm not doing anything wrong no 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 yeah this is the okay. people have no this is perfect this is perfect how many, how many times do you think you're going to retire and come back to the sport? Is this the last time or do, are we going to see it again? I'm going to do it as, as many times as Brett Favre did. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Uh, this is this is the comeback question that I think everybody's itching for. Are we going to see Sam Chalanga in the track trials? Yes. I'm going to work very hard. This is for me, my family, my kids, and all the people that believed in me and all the people that think that, you know, you, you get old and you don't get to accomplish what you wanted to go after. Yes. I'm, I'm coming. And if I don't do it, remember, this, this, is my, this is the evidence. I try. I will try. 100%. Love it. So yeah, Mike, that, hit him with the last question. So, I, you know, I don't usually end it with a serious one. I usually like to end funny, but you've been so inspirational. I, I got I to know, you just kind of mentioned it. How much of your motivation to return to the sport was, you know, your kids are young. They never really saw same Chalanga as, you know, the running superstar. How much yeah. of it is, you know, you want to give them the opportunity to see you, you know, succeed on that, you know, that, that scale? I'm not going to lie. Like this one – this is the first time that I constantly thought about it. And like a lot of people ask me what I'm just going to say, my wife is the person that got me out of even last year, got me through the Olympic trials. I was literally just chilling and having a good time. And she's like, man, I see you jogging with a stroller and I'm running like six thirty bases, like with two kids on it. Like, that is just a Western talent right there. You should, you should go back one more. And so my son is just turned eight. So he knows what's going on and I wish I could just give him one more chance just to see what it is like. So yeah, it's a lot. And of course, over there's people that at work that look at me and like, Hey, how did the race go? They don't understand how hard it is. So it would be cool just to have them, you know, just see what it feels like to be in the, the biggest scene and actually achieve. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, Sam, I'm just going to say, I think this is one of the best interviews we've ever done. You're an inspirational guy. Um, you know, thank you for your service to this country. And we are going to be cheering you uh, on so much throughout this year. We want to see you at the trials. We want to see a potential, you know, shot at the Olympics. We're big Sam Chalanga fans. So good luck with everything. Hey, man, thank you so much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you guys brought me in. I just, just saw your message pop up one day and I said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to talk to this guy. So I'm glad I, I, I answered your, your text. Oh, man, I wish you the best and I'll see you soon. Let's go. All right. Thanks again to Sam for coming on. What a great conversation. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I, I wish him the best of luck and it'd be really cool to see a comeback from a guy like a guy like him. Um, all right. It's been a, it's been a, a great show so far, a little bit on the long run. So we are going to get right into the bell lap. What do you got for people on the bell lap? I like how you say a little bit on the longer side. I mean, we just like, we always go on. We're just a two hour podcast now. That's just kind of, kind of what we do. But I think this is because we, we know more about the sport now. We, we kind of have more, more to talk about. So uh, for my battle app, a lot of exciting things going on. We kind of talked about it. I'm pumped for this weekend. I'm pumped for the Irish Clover. I'm pumped for uh, the cross country nationals live stream. But listen, and before you guys jump on me, listen, we don't talk politics on this show. However, we got March Madness right around the corner, gentlemen. So if the uh, Senator, whoever it is, I don't know how this stuff works. If they go ahead and pass that stimulus bill so I can get my check right before March Madness, <laughs> that would be clutch. So just going to be looking out for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trent, what do you got people on the Bell app? People see me, but they just don't know. JBJ, why did they let you go? This was the worst. This happened like right after our last podcast. Jackie Bradley Jr. signed a two-year, $24 million deal with the Milwaukee Brewers to be their center fielder, and it just devastated me. If you talked about, oh, we're going to have to pay too much for JBJ a couple years ago, they would have been talking like four times that much of how much I was going to get. The Red Sox are cheap. They're pissing me off more than a sports team that I fall has ever pissed me off before. And the CJBJ go is is heartbreaking. I'm gonna miss you, Jackie. People see me, but they just don't know. Um, on my bell lap, just want to say, like, I am jacked up for this weekend. It's gonna be a crazy weekend. Um, the 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 pregame show on YouTube Live on Monday is gonna be a little bit of an experiment for us. So uh, it's gonna kind of dictate all some of the stuff that we're doing for the big events coming up, like uh, trials, the Olympics, maybe we might try to get something similar going. So please support us. Please give us a, a sub, uh, hit that subscribe button. Tune in on Monday. It's going to be fun. Skip work, just like us. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, this is, this is what, this is the, one of the greatest events in the, in the sport of, uh, of, of track and field of, uh, of distance running. So be sure to tune in on that, Mike, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Hit me with the Josie. Josie.